Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Noteworthy Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan French, and I am so thankful that you would click play on this podcast episode. We've been on a break for about three weeks because my baby girl, Kyla Rayel French, is here. She's one month old, and she has absolutely changed the game. She's more beautiful than I could have imagined. But now we are back, and we are not going to disappoint, because today on the Noteworthy Podcast, I not only have one guest, but I have two special guests on the show today, two of my dearest friends, Devin Cunningham and Frankie Taylor. They agreed to come on the show after seeing each other at General Conference, and we decided to do an episode about apostolic songwriting and what that looks like in the church. We had a great time, and I can't wait to bring you along for this conversation. Grab a cup of coffee and your AirPods. Let's go. It's going to be a great episode today. Welcome to the Noteworthy Podcast. I have my friends Devin Cunningham and Frankie Taylor. No strangers to the show, but today we are all on the show together. How are you guys doing? Woo! It's going to get wild on Noteworthy today. It's going to be fun. Frankie, how are you feeling, bro? I'm feeling great, man. I'm excited. This is... uh... I was gonna say this. This is a little dangerous. It is. It's very dangerous. You know what? First, I'm glad you said it was Frankie. You know, even on a uh, because we can see each other, but for a second, just for a split second, I thought it was Mark Condon. (laughs) Just for a split second, (laughs) and I had to do a double take. Uh, Okay. yeah, I went, okay. okay, good. I thought it was Frankie. Nobody knows, so, but so we gonna know dive I, right in. So nobody oh, knows, but they're about to know. So there it is. One thing you want to do to do uh, for all you upcoming artists that want to, you know, make sure you make a lasting impact when you meet people. <laughs> this past uh, general conference, uh, I had yeah. The, just backstory: me, Devin, and Frankie were all together at general conference like two weeks ago. So do, let's just start there. <sighs> We're there at General Conference, and <laughs> and Clint Brown was my guest one night, and so Frankie texts Frankie. <laughs> no, no, this isn't so dumb. Devin's late. Uh, yeah, and uh, Brown, he was my guest. Yeah, he was my guest. Yeah, just just dropping names over here, and Frankie <laughs> Frankie texts me and goes, "Hey, Devin, Devin, hey, it'd be so great. I'd like to meet." Uh, Clint Brown. No, no, that's not the truth. <laughs> So, That's not anyway, true. Wait, you have Whoa. to, sir, wait your turn, sir, sir, sir. All right. Wait your turn. So We're going to have to start out for So, Frankie, <laughs> Frankie, I, I say, absolutely, I want him to meet you. I've sent him some of your songs. I want him to meet you. So I'm leading Clint to Frankie. And while this is happening, just a few minutes before, Dr. Uh, D.K. Bernard gets up there and does a testimony about uh, Mark Condon's church. Right when I bring Clint Brown to Frankie Taylor, 
Frankie, with a great big welcoming smile on his face, holds his hand out to Clint Brown and goes, Mark Condon? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Try again. Try again. You did say that. You did say that. I'll tell you this. Clint was so gracious. He was so gracious. And... uh, he was so gracious. He said, no, that's fine. I'm a big fan of Mark. It's okay. Uh, it's okay. It was not okay. And, Absolutely not okay. But I'll tell you this. This will make you feel a little bit better. They loved the songs that I sent them of yours. That's they, awesome. they thought they were praise great. God. More that's Than Amazing God. is such an incredible jam. And yeah, uh, I know for a fact that they want to try and work that into their uh, to their uh, repertoire. Their, I mean, oh, that's awesome. Frankie, you made up for it. Your talents made up for uh, thank uh, you, Jesus. Your death. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Hallelujah. Yes. The clocks. Yes. Yeah. Our live audience agreed with that. And uh, we're just, <laughs> it's a good segue. Actually, more than amazing, good segue into songwriting. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about songwriting and worship leading. And uh, Devin and Frankie are two of my favorite songwriters and worship leaders Love them both dearly, and they both come from a different genre of music. And I would say that Rachel and I are kind of in a different genre as well. So um, we're hearing from uh, all different genres today, which I think is important, especially when talking about songwriting and worship leading, because we are not all the same. We don't have all the same backgrounds, all the same styles, and that's what makes music so beautiful. So... um, We're going to kind of dive in here for a moment. I'm going to start with an important point, though, before we get into this. And that is the fact that songwriting is biblical. So before we go forward, this isn't just, you know, three guys talking about something that's not important. Songwriting is very important, and I think it's evident, especially in this age uh, of being apostolic. We're seeing a prominent uh, uprising of incredible songs coming out of the movement. So Psalm 33 and 3 says, Sing to him a new song, play skillfully with a shout of joy. Uh, Psalm 149 says, Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of the saints. So Psalm 33 tells us to write new songs. Watch this. Mm -hmm. This is powerful. Psalm 149 tells us to sing them in church. Thank you. Well, my goodness. Because Psalm 149 says, sing a new song and praise in the assembly of the saints. Mm -hmm. So that means it's biblical for us as songwriters to also be writing songs that we can sing in the church. Six times in the Bible, we were instructed to sing a new song, and new songs are not possible without songwriters. And that's what I want to talk about today. That's good. So... I'm going to turn it to Frankie first, but I want you to both answer this question. Uh, I want you to tell us where did this songwriting journey start for you? What did that look like? How old were you when you started writing? And uh, just kind of encourage a listener today, maybe somebody's listening that feels called to be a songwriter or wants to be a songwriter. What did that look like for you? And we're going to start with Frankie. Well, Uh, Growing up, I was uh, one of four children, and I was the the youngest. So my siblings, they had already grown up and moved out. And so um, I was very uh, just 
kind of just enamored by music. I loved music, uh, loved drums, started on the drums. And so what I would do, I had my own room. I had instruments, you know, a keyboard we got from the thrift store, uh, drum set that my parents bought me, things like that, and a little tape recorder. So I would just create. I would just find things to do in my room and try to create. I would have church. I would have all of my stuffed animals there, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Uh, when I got 12, I started writing the, writing the, the songs, the ideas that I had in my head. I started writing them down. And uh, I would go and purchase from the 99 cent store these journals. And so uh, it got serious after a while, you know, these started becoming, you know, these yeah. like prayer journals. journals. And so uh, I started putting, you know, melodies to them. And, uh, man, it was it was just a lot of them didn't make sense. But I think it was the opportunity of, of, of cultivating and growing and God seeing what I had and utilizing wow. it. And, and the first song that that, uh, that we did at my church, I was about seven. Uh, no, I was about 15 years old. And we, we, I was on the drums, and um, I remember they, they did it. Uh, our praise team did it. It was called uh, My Heart Cries For You. And I'm on the drums crying, my eyes out like, oh, my gosh, we're actually doing wow. the song. And, uh, wow. and so uh, that was my start. Um, started at a young age. All happened in my room, closed door. God speaking to me, showing me things, and I'm just putting them down. And they became, they started making sense after a while. So, Man, that's beautiful. That's, that's beautiful. Awesome. Devin, what about you, bro? Where did it start for you? Well, I uh, it kind of felt the call to uh, write songs right after I received the Holy Ghost. I, re- I received the Holy Ghost when I was nine years old and was baptized in Jesus' name. And I remember that summer uh, was quite busy. It was an awesome time at camp. But uh, a couple uh, months after in the Holy Ghost, I felt led to write a song. I just had this melody in my head and kind of a message, uh, put it together. My aunt, Datha Brosom, helped me out uh, musically with it, and we wrote this little ditty, and uh, it was very simple. It was a night, I mean, as much, uh, as much as you would expect from a nine-year-old, kind of like, uh, trying to remember, uh, Went, there is a deeper love, there is a deeper love, there is a deeper love. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's just something stupid like that. But <laughs> I like it. It, it was, uh, the verses spoke to what, you know, clarified what the deeper love was, which was for Jesus. I know Frankie was wondering. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, we went, I went with them. They were doing a revival. Uh, in northern Indiana, went with them, and she always sang before my uncle preached, and I was just there to just be there, and he wanted me to sing my song before the service. That kind of started everything right there, Mm. not just songwriting, but ministering with a song that I had written in service. So that was the first time that I had ever heard or saying anything that I had written and seeing people react to it. And of course, we're older now and we know that it's not so much, it's not about us at all. Right. But being able to have that moment where the song that we were given, yeah, that was download that was downloaded into our, our spirits right. and able good. to put it down on paper 
and we saw, and I know, like most of the people were just trying to encourage a little kid up there singing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, sincerely, you 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 hope, and you when when you write a song and you see people react and connect with the lyrics oh, and identify. Devin, it, it, so. what'd you say? Devin, we we lost you for just a moment. Have you returned? I'm here. I'm Hallelujah. here. Hallelujah. Okay. Where Your Holy Ghost yeah. took over. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Holy Ghost power. Uh, what? Where did you lose me at? You were talking about, um, you know, them just encouraging a young kid to get up oh, there. Yeah, and- they, they, I know they were doing that, but I also know that it's something special that mm-hmm. the three of us have felt yeah. when we're communicating a lyric that we've written and we see somebody connecting with it. That's good. Absolutely. There's nothing quite like that. Yeah. Uh, seeing somebody, it, it's the most. It's one of the most validating things in in my ministry. Hmm. Is when I know that okay, this is a very personal lyric, and I thought this was only for me, but then I see somebody be impacted by it, and that's just the power of uh, lyrics about Jesus. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, this is where we're gonna um, talk about lyrics for a moment. Which did y'all hear my fancy transition? Let me do it again. Yeah. Ayo, that's how we do it around here. Wow, anyway, so, <laughs> so um, I think that this is important because in my travels, this conversation has come up a lot, so much so that I've been asked about it in songwriting sessions and teaching sessions, and sometimes I feel a little put on the spot with it, to be honest, and so I want to bring it up today. I want to talk about the importance of lyrics Um, because there are some great Christian artists that are out there right now. I'm not going to name songs, but you all probably know a song that's a beautiful song, maybe being done in apostolic churches right now, but is not doctrinally sound, meaning that it's not, it's not necessarily biblically accurate. Um, this came up, I'll just give one example, and I'll use this example because I like this song, and I do this song. So this is just all yeah. of me. So I'll use this as an example. Yeah. The song by Crowder, um, God Really Loves Us. I love that song, just did it, and love it. So the, the verse says, I have a friend closer than a brother. There is no judgment. Oh, how he loves us. I have a friend. Okay, so sing it, love it, didn't think a thing about it. Okay, that's me. Didn't think a thing about it. But somebody uh, messaged me and asked, do you think this song is doctrinally sound? Because it says, there is no judgment, but God is the judge. Um, So, okay, so that's to me kind of an example of how That's just a kind of a loose example of how a lyric, I think, so in my opinion there, that's talking about God as a friend, how he loves you sure. unconditionally. So me, right. to me, I think you're safe. I think you're doctrinally sound there. We all understand yeah. Yeah. That, that Christ is also the judge, right? But, right. right. So we get that. Right. But yeah. that's just one example. Uh, have you guys run into that, and what is your take on the importance of lyrics being doctrinally sound well i have I, i'll just go first frankie real quick because i had i ran into this recently okay 
uh, and I think, ironically, you kind of ran into this a little bit, but maybe you didn't. Obviously, I don't think you thought anything of this. Uh, I wanted to tag the song, um, just the bridge and the chorus of Reckless Love. Oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> I, I knew it was coming up. You knew Reckless Love would have to come up. Well, oh, I mean, it's the, it's the biggest, it's been the biggest lyrical controversy within yeah. uh, our circles over yeah. the past, the uh, past what? It came out, what, four, three, three years ago? Three or four years Probably ago? Probably longer than that. Longer than like that. that. And, yeah. you know, it made its way around, and now everybody's going, oh, my God, you hear that? And I thought about, you know, I just... I, lyrically, how it hits me is at first reckless does kind of hit me. It it, it took a little bit, but as you think about it, I thought about I, I thought about it in a, in a, like secular terms. To us, human beings are a bad investment <laughs> because we're inconsistent. But his love, so for him to invest his precious grace and mercy into us you know, seems a bit reckless. So I, I don't know if, you know, uh, what's it, Corey Asbury, uh, is that is that the writer? Is that I, the I believe writer? so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know, he, putting that in there, I, I'm assuming that's kind of what he's meaning, or he uses his love with abandon, without mm. abandon, just pours it on, pours it on, pours it on. But I can see why people would have a problem with it. So as Sunday was approaching, and this was just on my, I was going to do this. This The whole set was geared towards prodigals and encouraging the church to pray for prodigals. And the whole thing, it, it hinged on coming out of one song into Reckless Love. And mm. I got a text from our minister of music saying, oh. I see that you're doing Reckless Love. I oh. say, yes, yes, you see correctly. He said, that's a little controversial. <laughs> I said, okay, so I t I, here's what I did. I texted my pastor, and I, and I asked him point blank. I said, do you have an issue with me doing reckless love? I don't want, I said, obviously, I don't have a problem communicating that lyric, but I do not uh, want to, I don't want it to divide the congregation. Sure. And he's, and, you know, I was advised with wisdom to cut it from the set, mm. you know, uh, and I was, but I wasn't huffing and puffing about it. I don't want, I think that song was effective because it was used at general conference tagged to one of Frankie's songs. Yeah. Yeah. And it I was. loved it. And I loved it. Was. it. That's and right. Like, oh, what a great little tag on to Frankie's. It was your amazing love. Yep. And it, and it brought the message of reckless love together it and it kind of cleared up any thoughts you know any misconceptions wow, when it's wow. tagged to Frankie's song and yeah I thought and I thought well this kind of validates my feeling of doing this this Sunday but nope I had I cut it right and, but I just think I, I think it probably could have been it's the it's one word it's one word that's the it ended up being the title of the song those details matter because it, it, it divides people. It divides congregations. It divides the leadership that have to answer for, you know, I don't want my pastor to have to answer for what Devin led 
I, you know, I'd rather play it safe and everybody can worship with it. Yeah, yeah, that's wisdom. Right. That's, that's wisdom. wisdom. So when we're writing, when we're trying to be creative, you know, somebody, I think it was a um, pastor from Texas, I can't remember his name, uh, but he said, it's all right to think outside of the box, just not outside of the word. Mm. And I'm probably paraphrasing there. And so reckless love is something that is not very, it's not a biblical phrase. So Mm. I think lyrically it's best for us to just keep it where everybody can identify and nobody has to stop and think before they lift up their hands or slowly pull their hands down. Like, should I be worshiping to this? Yeah. Yeah. But for the record, I I do like the chorus Mm. of reckless love. I can identify with it, but sure. Sorry, I took I took yeah. a lot of time there, Frankie. It's, go ahead. It's, no, that's it's, great. No, it's the power of one word, like you were saying. One word. I, I right. I will is very different than I will not, but there's only one word, so it 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 can make a, a big difference. Frankie, have you ran into this as somebody who travels, a, a prominent worship leader, uh, and what do you think is the importance of this right now? Well, I, I personally, I haven't ran into it in a sense that uh, uh, I've kind of tried to avoid, try to be very intentional, try to avoid uh, those types of things only because, and I think this is for worship leaders, I think it's very important to uh, to really do your homework when it comes to your sets. Uh, check out the church. I, I literally watch services of churches that I'm going to so I can know maybe the the heartbeat and the temperature of that church and and to see you know is is this church a uh a legacy church you know they they might like you know older types of songs maybe you introduce the newer songs because there's a reason why they're asking you to come they know what you do you know they they, they know how you know how you lead and and uh they know for sure that you might bring more than amazing which i think is it's, that's an out there song for some churches, you know, and I, I don't bring it. I don't take that song everywhere, you know. Um, and so I think it is being intentional. So when you're writing a song, you have to consider all of these little things, these aspects of, of how it's going to affect not just the congregation, but the church totally, you know, completely. Uh, my pastor told me this. He said, you know, uh, you know, steering a small group is like driving a like making decisions for a small group is like driving a speedboat. It doesn't, it doesn't affect too many people. But when you have a church and you're trying to make decisions, it's like steering a, a, uh, a, a, a ship. You got to make small turns. You got to turn gradually. You can't make a huge turn because everybody on there is going to be affected. And so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when you're writing songs, you got to think about that, especially if you're writing them for the church, if you're writing them for, for worship services and settings. Uh, but that's my little ditty there. Uh, that's so good. That's so well, good. Writing, you, you, you said it. It's writing for, what are you writing for? Right. What's your why? Yeah. Yeah. What's, What's the, the destination why? of the song? Mm, we're going to get into that in just a moment because I'm glad you touched on that. Um, Rachel's, Rachel's been saying it like this lately. There is no victory in vagueness. So... Mm-hmm. You know, if people don't know what we're talking about, if they, you know, if if we can't write with clarity that right. brings people back to the word of God, you know, I, I, um, I asked myself this question a few years ago when I was writing a song and, uh, 
I think it was kind of downloaded in my spirit from heaven, and I've tried to keep it with me ever since. Would they sing your song in heaven? Hmm. Like, if if the angels sing, and if we're going to worship and sing for eternity there, what if I got up into heaven and they were singing my song? If my song can't be done there, then I shouldn't do it somewhere else. So That's great. It's, it's just something that kind of stuck with me, and I take that seriously when I write, and I think that all of us do. Um, so... Let's talk to the aspiring songwriter right now, and maybe the accomplished one. Uh, and I want to talk about the fear of the empty canvas. Now, what does that mean? Mm. I want you to picture this with me. Just like a painter stands in front of an empty canvas, and they create a masterpiece from nothing, this mm-hmm. is somewhat of what a songwriter does, and it all starts with an empty canvas, maybe an empty pages doc, maybe an empty word doc, but it's still the same thing. Uh, And in my experience, when people ask me about songwriting, this is where it's a daunting task for them, the fear of the empty canvas. Um, And so let's start um, with Frankie. What does that look like for you when you are starting from from nothing what where does your inspiration come from and what does that process look like for you well i have a pretty good example uh right now i'm currently uh preparing for my church's uh live recording and i'm writing the songs for that and i took on that that task uh i i i would like to say um without any without any doubt in my head, I'm like, man, you know, we were able to do it before, Lord, we can do this again. I'm counting on you. And then when it came to it, I'm like, dude, I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, amen. (laughs) So when it it came down to it, because some of you may not know, and Nathan, in five months. I I can't contain the studio audience, guys. They're just, they're loving it. (laughs) <laughs> in five months, you know, God gave me like eight songs for In Control Live. And I'm like, okay, God, uh, hey, you're you're up. You know, you can do it again. You know, I trust you. And then when I, you know, when I got to writing, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Uh, I'm trusting you. Like, I need some lyrics. Point is, is that there, there are times where you have a task um, and God has asked you to do something, specifically writing the song. Sometimes you can have that fear of, well, Lord, what am I going to write about? I don't have a why. I had a why before. My why was, you know, God, you're in control because I'm going through this tough situation. I'm believing that you got you got this worked out. I could write about that. I could right. write about something that I'm going through. Well, God, what am I going through now? And I, I, I started finding the why. And I kind of gave my church our, our, the why, you know, and, and God started revealing it to me. Look, your why is relatable to the church's why as well what their church mm-hmm. is going through, the temperature of your church right now, this works. And, and you know, we, we're going through uh, a time where God is, is launching us into to some deep waters and this, a spirit of fear can come over you in that. And God has given me songs about, about uh, you know, not being fearful. You know, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a sound mind. Like, bro, I literally, Nathan, uh, wrote this song called uh, 
never alone. And I actually did a, um, I, I did a, a song write, um, on fountain for it. And, and, and it, you know, people can see that there, but the point is, is that it took me some time to figure out, God, what are you, what are you saying to me? And God was almost like, look, what are you going through? And yeah. so I think a lot of times when you're writing, you know, you need to pull inspiration from what you're going through and how God is, how you're utilizing God in that going through. What is God doing for you in that? And um, so anyways, um, a lot of times when I'm writing, I, I try to pull inspiration from what God is doing mm-hmm. right then and there, right in that situation, right in that moment, right in that time. And so um, there really is no, there really is no, uh, you know, like starting point. Okay, this is what you do here. No practical, like, okay, no, a lot of times when you're writing, you're, you're writing out of inspiration, out of what God has given you. I don't know how many times I've been brushing my teeth. I'm like, oh my God, that's a song right there. Yeah. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm singing the song. Yeah. It's at the most inopportune moments. Like mm-hmm. I went, I, I'll share this and I'll let it go. I went to Nathan's house for uh, Exalt one year. Mm-hmm. And it was like two weeks before. Matter of fact, no, it was a week before the recording. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. Mm-hmm. The, the week before the recording, I've got more than amazing. And I'm sharing it with Nathan. And Nathan, you know, Nathan and I had coat co-written it and you know um i'm like look this is what i have for the for the vamp and he's like all right that's cool you know and i'm like dude he hates it this is terrible so i'm, I'm on the airplane <laughs> bro bad. you I didn't, you didn't give me it, bro. you didn't give me no love bro but i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad but this is what happened i scrapped that idea and i'm on the airplane and i'm looking out the window and i look up and i look down as the airplane's going up and i'm like I looked high, I looked low, couldn't find nobody. Like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. that's it. That's just, you know. And so that's where that came from. And so a lot of times mm. it'll come at the moments where you, you know, you, you might be discouraged because you're mm. like, man, I don't know what I'm gonna do with the song. But gotta, gotta give you something in the moment that you, you don't even. My goodness, you're not even. So, so you're in an airplane, which I yep. love this part of the story. Yep. You're in an airplane, in the sky, looking down, and that's when it says, yep. "I looked high, I looked low." Sometimes the why is the place where you're at in that moment. So, you know, sometimes, oh my goodness, listen to this. Take a lap. You can't write from, what, you can't write from a place you've never been. Yep. So you have to, to you you have to to be able to step into that. And, um, you know, this is, this is one of the things that's hard. I'm, I was asked to co-write a song uh this year and and it's it's a challenge for me because the song is coming from a place that that I haven't walked through personally oh my and so um I'm having to reach out to somebody who's been in that place wow because it has to come from 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 the source of where does right. that place come from? So that is, that is so, so powerful. So Devin, I, I, I don't want to swing past this too quickly though. The fear of the empty canvas, um, from your perspective, what does that look like for you as a songwriter? I think, I think all of us, you know, all three of us on this call are songwriters and we all write in a unique way. So I think it's really cool to hear the different answers what does that look like for you, Devin, when, when the, the page is empty? What does that look like for you? Mm. Well, when the, when the page is empty, uh, the, mind, the mind is usually not. Mm. And um, I, 
we all have uh, our our voice memos are full of little <laughs> bits of da 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 just or just a, or a hook line or something, right. Right. and the fear is putting that down on paper mm-hmm. and then stepping back and realizing, oh, I don't have anything else but that right now. Right. Right. Uh, you, but the trick is to just do it. Writing right. is like going to the gym. It's like uh, trying to become good at any sport or trying to become a good singer. You just got to, you just got to do it. You got to build up the habits. Yeah. So if you have an idea, write it down, put it down on, type it out, write yeah. it down. Don't just put it on the voice memo. And that way it, you have to look at it. You have to chew on it. You have to work Oof. this out. And uh, it's not mm. enough to just uh, have it on the voice memo. I, I, you know, to songwriters and, you know, we're all three uh, uh, preachers as well. I, I think what we have to do and what the songwriter's gifting has to be, Nathan, and this is why I think you're co-writing like this, is because we have to be the most empathetic kind of kinds of people. We have to be able to put ourselves in shoes of situations that we may not have ever walked, but we are, um, but we are capable of not uh, taking, you know, take uh, not being flippant about people's situations. But right. So this is the difference, and you know, I think this is why. If you guys, uh, it's easiest to look at a Southern Gospel song and just at the lyrics of a Southern Gospel song. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) You ain't right, bro. You ain't right. Haters are going. No, I love me some Southern Gospel. I'm just. Yeah, no, you don't. (laughs) That's not it. You just lied on your podcast. <laughs> you understand how much you're yeah, bend your arm to do your little bluegrass trio at oh, your man. church. Yeah, oh. my word. So <laughs> when you do look, Nathan, when you do uh, look at a Southern Gospel song, you see that the lyric, you could almost preach the song very easily right. because it, it, they, it paints a picture. Usually it's a biblical picture. The second verse is an application. The chorus is their main point that you would preach throughout. Wow. And so it's not a lot of, uh, and, you know, technically speaking, it's a lot of singing to and not, it's singing to the congregation. They're songs of faith, songs of encouragement. And right. it's, you know, praise and worship is very vertical uh, where it's join me in praising the Lord. And Southern Gospel is a lot of speaking faith, speaking to what Christ has done, speaking to, uh, it's a lot of lyric-based material. Uh, and I, you know, I know when it comes to a blank canvas, when we cut, and I know we're going to get into, it depends on the why of why we're writing a song. Sure. Uh, when it comes to the blank canvas, for me, it just depends on what style of song am I writing. And if that's the right. case, that that determines the process. If it's Southern Gospel, I have to put down a um, kind of 
the stanza core, uh, how the stanzas of the chorus are going to look, um, and verses, bridge, etc. If it's contemporary, it's different. If it's praise and worship, it's different. It's it it just depends on the style of the song for me. Yeah. Can, can I add something real quick? I, I I think a lot of times you know we we don't value moments enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to find value in moments that don't matter to you presently. They might matter later. Um, And when you have an empty canvas, you can go back to the drawing board of what you had in the moment before. That moment didn't matter then. But since you since you recorded it, since you uh, since you you took the time to to write it down uh, so that you can remember it later. You have no idea what that will do in the next season or in that Mm -hmm. that next part of your life. Um, I'll give you an example. let me see. When I when I wrote "We Speak the Name," I wrote that a year before it was, uh, a year before I I recorded it. Um, mm-hmm. And I was laying in bed one night and I was just going over my memos, and uh, I I pressed play and all I heard was "Strongholds are broken, miracles happen." I was in a different place, writing wise. My writing had developed after at that point, and I was like. Oh my gosh, I got something for that. We declare your goodness. We declare your strength. I, I, I had a different I, I had a different testimony at that point. What God uh, it's almost like God downloaded something into in, in my spirit that I didn't know what to use, I didn't know what to do with until that season. That makes sense. And yeah. so find value in those moments, write it down, uh record it, uh do do whatever you can because there will be a, come a moment in your life where you are going to have a blank canvas. And there's times where I go back into my, my, my memos and I'm like, man, I need to write a song. And I go back and I end up writing that song in like two minutes because it was already, it was already something that got that started. Been You've been chewing on it for a while. But see, I, I, I had, I, I hadn't even touched that song and, and it was months, but God had already downloaded it into my spirit. And he yeah. said, listen, listen, Joseph, I'm going to show you what I want to do with you. And then mm-hmm. you're not gonna you're not gonna need this until later, <laughs> yeah. And, and 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 so I had to go through some stuff. And then when I got got to that place, when I got to Egypt, God was like, "Okay, you're ready for it now. You're ready for it." And I think that's the important part of um, realizing the timing on songs and when you're writing yeah, them. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you're sometimes I chew on something for or chew on a lyric or a melody for quite some time. Yeah, sure. Then I feel and I can't get anywhere with it. And what I found is it's the Lord has kind of has to release me to Mm. and direct me for co-writing. And I think co-writing is something that can produce incredible pieces of music that are beyond you. Beyond you when you put your efforts together. You and Nathan have... uh, written some awesome songs some of my favorite songs and i um and i truly think that that happens when people are brought together you know divine with a divine destiny to write a song that's going to bless people but not every song is to just be released into somebody else's hands sometimes it has to be your message so i think it's important for for songwriters to have discernment on when to step out and reach out and you can't just attach any old somebody's perspective to your song because they may not catch it. So That's I, very I good. Think, I think it's important to just. That's very good. That. Yeah, a hundred percent. I had that happen one time with um, a song that uh, Eleni Young released called "Worthy Is the Lamb," and uh, I started. Worthy is the lamb started with me 
in an altar call and mm-hmm. it, the this the whole song wasn't written but it was a message on forgiveness and i looked out which let, let me just ask you guys have both written songs in altar calls before i'm pretty sure All both the time. of you have it's a, it's a yeah. cool experience and um it's happened to me a couple of times a few times and i looked out and the message on the cross had been preached and i looked out and i saw this lady and she had mm-hmm. condemnation on her face mm-hmm. shame on her face and mm-hmm. the holy ghost hit me and um i just started singing who is worthy to open, to open up, the, up scroll. the scrolls worthy is the lamb, the lamb. worthy, worthy is, is the lamb, the lamb. and um you know, I saw her break, tears fall down her face, and God gave that. If that lyric had just been for her, it would have been yeah. worth writing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes God will do that. But then when it came to finishing the song, we finished it with Eleni, and I was like, Eleni, this is your song. You're supposed to record this song. And she did, and I didn't know later on that she'd have Rachel and I sing on it, so we ended up still getting to be a part of it. But being able to release, like, nobody wants More Than Amazing by Nathan and Rachel. They want it by Frankie, because that song is for him. And and I think pride gets in the way of a lot of good co-writes. Absolutely. Um, where people can't release what God has given them, and you have to be prayerful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this is a, a compliment to both of you. One example, I've written songs with both of you. Devin helped me write In Your Presence. Um, when uh, And here's an example on uh, Won't won't Let Me Go. I will not be afraid of the dark. Right? Um, mm-hmm. I wrote this song, and I called Frankie, and I said, Bro, um, I have this verse, but just... I, but it's like I have this course, but no verses are coming to me. And Frankie says, that's because there's not supposed to be a verse. And I was like, well, I had never thought about it like that. So when you <laughs> listen to the song, it repeats that course. And then it's a course and a bridge. That's it. Yeah. But I think it would be forced to have a bunch of other stuff, you know, wedged all in between it. So... Sometimes it takes somebody else's perspective yeah. to step in. Yeah. And like I, I probably would not have released that song if somebody hadn't said, you know what, it doesn't it doesn't need a verse. Just just let it breathe. Let it be what it's well, gonna Well we be. all we all think that every song needs two verses, you know, a decent chorus, bridge, a tag, vamp. We all <laughs> We just think it needs what we, we all think we know what the recipe is, but right. uh, the song will kind of tell us what it needs to be. Sure. And sometimes we do need to reach out. But the trick is overall, I think for songwriters, you just got to write the song because yeah. I've been in places. Uh, you can't sit on lyrics. You can't sit on melodies because God's given you a message and he wants to use you, but he doesn't need you. He'll use the, He'll use the songwriter that's in Nashville that's seeking God's face because it's it's his job to write for the label, and he's desperate for a song. And I've received a song, received a message, and thought, that's so good. I'm going to write that one day and right. then just keep on going with my life. 
and then not eight months later, I will hear that song yep. on I'm telling KO. you, I'm Isn't telling you, nice? bro. Bro, let me uh, say something. Let me say something, bro. I told this to Court Chavis at the Illinois recording. I felt this so strongly. I don't have maybe, maybe Nathan, you got scripture for it, but there's no scripture that comes to mind. But man, I feel like with all my heart, I was singing the song uh, somewhere a few months ago. It's called No One. I believe Chris Tomlin wrote it. And I just felt like, man, God, was that song for me? Because I love that song just resonated with my spirit. It was like, it was like, man, this song was for me. Like, I just felt like, what, what, what was I not doing? What did I not do? Was I not asking for, for, I mean, did, did I miss it? Was I not praying? What I, and it made me start thinking differently. And I'm like, you know what, God, I, I think I need to start really praying for songs now. Like when I pray, I pray for everything else. I need to start praying. God, open up my mind and my heart. Give me yeah. a song to like, Absolutely. God, when I read your word, I'm going to read it for, for, for several reasons. I'm going to take time to, to study. I'm going to take time to, to for, for devotion, but I'm also yeah. going to take time to read your word so I can, so I can start getting word in me so I can start writing. You get what I'm saying? Like, and, like and there's different aspects. Just, isn't it just like it human nature Yeah. to receive a blessing and think it's for someone else? <laughs> yeah. Isn't like it just like it, human nature to do that? And it, you think, oh, well, thank you. Here, this must be for you. That, just Tom, passing it down you the line. You are hitting it on the head right now. <laughs> this this happened. Um, and sometimes the remedy to this is like Frankie is saying, being sensitive and being, being prayerful. Um, yeah. Rachel told this testimony on the Battle Cry tour. Every night of the tour, she would tell this story because it impacted her so greatly. And uh, once again, we're at our house. Frankie is there. And um, we had, well, Rachel kept asking me. She said, have you heard this song? It goes like this. Can you help me find it? I, I can't think of the song. She says it goes, you will take care. You will always take care of me. I said, that sounds familiar. But I don't, I'm not sure who did it. So I grabbed my phone, I pulled up Shazam, <laughs> and I tried to Shazam it. I remember that, yeah. And, and nothing was happening. And I looked. I, I mean, lyrics are so familiar. And so we were like, well, Frankie knows every song. Like, there's no song Frankie doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, right. So Frankie's at our house. <laughs> and um, we're like, Frankie, have you heard this song? And Frankie gets, like, excited and goes that's your song that's your song I, and she's no it's not it's not a song he said well it's about to be and he <laughs> hopped i'll never forget it it's about to be the spirit of a songwriter and hops on the piano you will take care is written in like 15 minutes if that if that and and i'm talking like deep lyrics like yeah um in my weakness you are still strong Yes. When I'm broken, somehow I still fit in your plans. Yeah. You will take care of me. Right? Man. And then we got to the course and it was like you it was like meeting an old friend. Oh man, we were crying and <laughs> crying. <laughs> you will take care of you. Oh my gosh. Always take care of me. And Frankie wrote the boom. Oh. 
you know, and you know what? I truly believe that if we hadn't written it, somebody else would have. I really do. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because he gives us a blessing and, and sometimes we think it's for somebody else and we just have to take time to pray and seek the face of God. And I My think God. that's happening. Absolutely. Well, what not, not only that is what holds people back is they think, well, I don't have the resources right now to, mm, mm. Uh, to do it. But yeah. you just somehow you've got to get it done. Yeah, you've oh, got to good. get the song written. You've that's got good. to get it published. You've got to get the copyright on it. You've just got to do it. You've got to do it. Because, yeah. You know, and God is taking no, that's care. good. God's showing favor on apostolic music right now. It's yeah. incredibly influential, not just within our circle. It's all over the place. Yeah. And, and I know that for a fact that it's influencing other uh, denominational churches. Yeah, and, I believe that. You know, you know, I was just at Draylon Young's a live recording, which is probably... Yeah, you know, it, that wasn't a song from it. It was a lot better. Uh, but uh, but he, uh, that recording was probably, you know, I've been to a hundred or so of these live recordings. And I got to tell you, that was probably top five. One of the top five live That's recordings awesome. that I've ever been at. I missed Grammy it. Grammy-level so production. The, the audience probably did not hear that preview, but... This is what Frankie and Devin and I were hearing. Hey! And uh, I rudely interrupted Devin with this. But this is we a song off writing. of Draylon's new live recording. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that is not off of Draylon's live recording. I, I like that, actually. That's that bad. is how I, like I accidentally uh, interrupted there. So sorry about that, Dev. No, you're not. You're not sorry one bit. I you listen. Me. I am you're, very upset. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the the corn, the corniness of this of this episode is ridiculous. This is the best day of this my is life. So much corn. Best day of my life. Okay, so so guys, we are we're 48 minutes in here, and I I I've got to get to this question because I would say. This is the most asked question that Rachel and I get when we travel. I've written a song. Now what? <laughs> I mean, all the time. I mean, I get that question all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's close out this session on songwriting, which, by the way, has been so great. So many oh, yeah. truth nuggets in here. Um, they've, they've already written the song. And they don't know what to do from this point on. And they want people, they want the song to minister to people. Um, what does that look like for you? Who wants to take it first? Because well, I want to hear from both Frankie, of you. Frankie, you had your hand Frankie, up. Frankie, go ahead. So uh, th these are more like, like A, B, C, D, one, two, three, you know, practical, simple, easy things that anyone can do. If you... Say, you know, I, I got a song, man, and, and I wrote it, and I, I, I think it's great. Okay. Um, number one, you, you got to obviously record it somehow. Uh, I don't have money. That's fine. You got a phone? Yeah. Okay. Memo. Record a memo. That's very important. The reason being is because you may not know the entire melody or, 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 or the whole totality of, of, of the song in, in the sense but if you can get it to someone, 
that, you know, that has a creative mind, that someone that can arrange it, it, it might, I'm telling you, uh, trust me on this. Um, there are songs that, that I've written that uh, an arrangement has totally opened it up. And then I've even like kind of revisited it and I had, you know, like, oh man, I could do this here. Let me take this lyric out. Let me change this. Um, but that's a start. Uh, record it. That way you can have that. Another thing is share it with somebody, uh, someone in confidence, someone that, that not, not your buddy, because they not necessarily are, are going to give you the best advice. I would find someone that has experience um, and, and ask them, hey, listen, I know this is, you know, Nathan French. I, I, you know, I know you don't know me. I'm just this nobody. But, man, would you mind listening to my, my voice memo? We, can, can you check out my, my, my demo? <laughs> check out my, my, my CD or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know how they used to do back in the day. Check out my tape, yeah. 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 And, yeah. and you know, sometimes that, that may or may not work. It may not you, – you may have to go through four or five, six artists because – Everybody, you know, I don't know. Point is, is that find somebody, okay? Find yeah. somebody, and 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 ask them, hey, check the integrity of these lyrics. Number one, are is, does this work? That's is my right. why strong enough? Check is my is my you know like is the quality good enough? Because here's the deal: you can show this to your 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 friends at school, and they might be like, oh, this is dope, and they might just be pumping you up just to fail. Um, but you need to find somebody that says, you know what, that lyric might not work. Like a lot of people probably don't like working with me in that sense because I'm like I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you that don't sound right. Uh, you might want to change that lyric. That lyric's not gonna work. Um, uh, it, it, if it's too cliche, you, you're gonna unless that word really means something to you. Maybe you can find something that that has the same type of meaning, but it's a different word that might resonate a little different. Point is, right. is that you, you're gonna want to get some advice. You're gonna want somebody to review it and check it out for you. Another one is. Um, Nathan, I'm sorry, I'm stealing this from you. No, it's um, good. What What is your What is your goal? Like, what is the mm-hmm. destination of this song? Where is the song going? Yeah, if it's just for you and your prayer time, that's all right. That's fine. Record it. I've seen too many people, you know, uh, go to general conference or go to a camp meeting or whatever, and and they get excited because. And I'm not trying to downplay anybody. I'm not trying to be mean to anyone. But they, they don't get an opportunity or, or, or maybe they, 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 they are inspired to do it. And they'll record an entire album of, of, of just mm-hmm. of, of, of um, covers. And I'm like, that's great. But you just spent $20,000. Why? What, why? Where's this going? Is it, are you just going to sell them at a camp meeting? Are you going to like, no, like you got to have a why. It's got to have a destination. It, it, it's got to be a strong why. You know, it's, it's got to be something that, that you that, that you you know what I'm I'm invested in this why, and I know where this why is carrying. Even if it's going to just touch one person, that's good enough for me. If that's good yeah. enough for you, then hey, get after it. But yeah. you got to have a destination. Where's this going to go? Um, and so for me, for years before James did his record, I had I had a desire to write songs for the church, and I think this was something that multiple artists and our and our movement wanted to do. This was a God thing. God put this on our hearts. That's why it's working. And, and I think we all had the, had the, the, the desire. That was our destination. It was going to the church because I felt and I knew that if we could get these songs to the church first, then, then we could get the church convinced that, hey, let's get behind this thing. And now let's go conquer the world. And, and, and that's, that's our destination. We're getting the church behind it first. There's no reason for you to be a lone wolf. You got to get support. You got to get people around you. You got to get Absolutely. get it to the church first and then launch it. And so anyways, that's my spiel. 
Um, Debbie, you want to take it? Well, obviously, we want to. Sorry, I'm getting blown up here. Uh, I, I obviously, uh, after you write the song, you want to uh, uh, get it copywritten and oh, uh, sure. yeah. try and uh, get it uh, submitted through BMI or. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you just want to protect yourself in those ways. That that process is easily uh, available. Just uh, Google copyright process. Mm -hmm. It can walk it. It can walk you through step by step. Even I mean, I could pull it up on my iPad right now and read it to you. But I mean, it would be you'd probably uh, be better to look that process up. I just I think uh, once you write it, Frankie co covered it pretty well. Get it down, and then uh, it's good to have one thing that he, I'll echo. Because uh, I know, Nathan, we've gone over here, but um, have a circle of people that you trust and try and make that circle eclectic uh, in their styles. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I have a circle of people uh, that, uh, that I, I have three different ones. Uh, one is for just uh, people that uh, keep me accountable. They're people I take counsel with. And sometimes they bleed over into other ones, but I have one for songwriting. I have one for, you know, one for when I'm putting together worship sets and I want to put and I want to run, you know, some unique sets by and see how they sound and feel to other people. And I think uh, it's important to surround yourself. If you feel like you don't have those resources at your local church or, you know, within your family, you don't have somebody who can give you, you know, an unbiased opinion then you need to seek those out and pray for God to help you uh, find those people because that, that's the best thing after you've written something. You've got to know if what you have is a quality piece of work before you go in the studio Good. That's right. and, or spend precious time trying to record it or if you need to put it back in the oven for a little bit. Right, yeah, absolutely. And just last piece of, this is practical application here, uh, finalize your sequence. Know yeah. um, where's the verse, where's the chorus, where do you want the Good. bridge to be at. Um, finalize that as you as you go to a producer, as you go into the studio. This is something that's really important. And then also just decide, you know, how do I want this song to feel? Is this a right. sad song? Is this a happy sounding song? Is it a convicting lyric with but you know you want it to have like a, a happy, upbeat sound to it. These are things that you really should know, at least the, the beginning stage of that. And of course, that will grow and evolve over time. But know that going into the studio. Well, guys, this has been so fun. And oh, yeah. um, I have just loved getting to talk to you guys about songwriting. We we really dived into songwriting, so we haven't yeah, we, did. We, we haven't dived into worship leading. We're gonna have yeah, to do that at yeah. a different time, but that's okay. I would much back. rather get Thank one great episode back. about songwriting. That means we can do a part two, so that would be awesome. And uh, it's been so much fun. I want to close out Frankie's, with just <laughs> Frankie's face is like, dear Lord, it took me so much to just <laughs> find time to do this episode. How am I gonna? Part two coming in 2025. Well, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I want to transition with this thought. Okay, listen. So what you want to do is uh, I, want, I want to just close out with this thought, though, for real. That our life song is always more important than, than anything else. And so 
when we get up, when we sing, when we write. Um, you know, Casting Crowns has this old song when I was a teenager. It was the jam. Let my life song sing to you. Do you guys remember that song? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, oh, it was yeah. the jam when I was in Youth World. Let my life song sing to you. But it really is true that you can have a good song, but if your life song doesn't match up with that, you can't you can't yep. minister to people, and so good, I wanted Nathan. to I wanted to say thank you, Devin and Frankie for being godly apostolic examples of people that um, you are releasing music, you're doing it well, yeah, and I don't know why I'm emotional about it, but you're doing it with apostolic authority, and you're not compromising to do that, and it's guys like you who I'm so thankful that young people are looking up to people like yourself and the future is in good hands because of that. Be good stewards of that. Hang on to that. I know that you will. That's why you're on the podcast. And I believe in you guys. I love, um, we've been teasing around about genres and stuff. I love what Devin does. I love what Frankie does. I love what Rachel and I get to do. I love what Draylen and James and Eleni and, and Brittany Scott, and all these amazing artists, we're releasing this beautiful sound. It's the sound of heaven. And uh, I'm, I'm so, so thankful for that. I love you guys. Will you come back on the show if I invite you? Yeah, yeah, I will. You know, even with that dangerous soundboard you have over there. <laughs> I'll add well, some Nathan. new sounds in before the next time. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm bringing my, as long as I can bring my own soundboard, I'll be, I'll be back on. <laughs> yes, well, Frankie. you just let us know when, bro. Let us know when. We yeah, give Frankie a six-month notice that way he can work that in. Oh, we are waiting, we are waiting on, you. on you. Let's close it with it. Oh, oh, oh we are waiting, waiting on you. The delay, the delay on this podcast I'm telling you, it's terrible. Listeners, I'm so sorry that your host is a clown that does not know how to harmonize, bro. That works. Man, I felt Yes, sir, Doc. Guys, I love you so, so much. I'm thankful for your friendship. Thanks for being on the show. And we will see you next time on the Noteworthy Podcast. Peace. So professional.